Hello, and welcome back to Conversations with Claire. My guest today is one that I am over the moon excited to talk to. Um, we started to talk right before this, and I just stopped us and was like, every, every bit of this, I need I need the internet to hear all of this as well. <laughs> so my guest is Tara LaFerrera. Did I do it right? You did. You did such a great job. <laughs> okay, so Tara, is she lives here in Austin, Texas. She is a strength coach and mindset shifter. She is the founder of TL Method. And then she also now fairly recently has her own podcast, which is called the Tara talk, which was news to me. And I'm genuinely excited to go consume it. So welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason why I'm having you on is because I've had the opportunity to watch you from afar, both in real life, getting to see you in fitness classes, see you at different gyms. I love that we just kind of frolic all over the place. We have those options here, which is fun. But in addition to that, just like the content that you create is something that I love to consume for a variety of reasons. And then also, so I'm 31 and you are 34. And I look to you as inspiration on an actual like physical level. As far as I just think you occasionally post these things where you loop back to the physique changes over the course of time, just continuing to show up how the consistency compounds. And I love that because as I continue to slowly, but surely dial more of my own stuff, um, I get to see those shifts take place and they are gradual and they take time, but they do occur. So I like, I don't ever believe I will look just like you. And yet I look at what you've posted about where you were to where you are today. And it's just, I'm like, it won't look the same, but I do believe that I'm very proud of where I am today. And I'm so excited for where I'm going. And so that's part of the reason I love it. I love to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So with all of that being said, I just want to start out with the fact that we just see you as you are here now, what we were talking about right beforehand, someone that I'm, you know, we, I met earlier this week that got to look to all that she's built in the past from age 30 to 37. And that was inspiring to me. And so I see you here now and yet there was more to the story. Yeah. And so I do just want you to kind of take me back. I don't know anything about it. And so like, where did you grow up? What was that like? Was fitness always a part of the thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll make this as the long story as short as I possibly can. You know, when people say that, I was thinking about that today. I was like, when people say long story short, it's always like such a long story. (laughs) That's kind of maybe where this is going. I was born. If it takes time, that's okay. You know, I was born in New Jersey. I have a Jersey girl at heart, but uh, we moved to Colorado when I was 10 years old. And, um, you know, I always loved basketball and I loved volleyball. Those were like the two sports I always loved. Um, Basketball was my favorite, but I would always like steal the ball, run down the court and always be faster than the ball and like would never make the layup. And so my coach, uh, basketball, he was like, you have to try out for track. And I was like, track's stupid. Like that's so lame. I don't want to just run. Turns out my freshman year, I crushed it. I went to state and I quit basketball, quit volleyball, made track like my full thing. And I ended up winning state in Colorado my senior year in the 200 meter. And I was just fast, explosive. And I was like, this is so awesome. And so my junior year, I actually got a full ride scholarship. My parents were like, you have to take this. It was the first, it was the first offer I got in my junior year. And I ended up getting better my senior year. Um, But I took the scholarship. It was Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. And I went there for a couple years. um, But I was a big party 
partier. I drank a lot, uh, binge ate, binge drank. I was in a really dark place. I wasn't as good at track anymore. I was this small fish in this huge pond. And my coach basically told me that if I didn't lose weight, I was going to be kicked off the team or lose a part of my scholarship. And that email actually got sent out to the whole team accidentally. And this was an email that told you that you needed to lose weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, uh, my sophomore year really, I got injured. I kept gaining weight and I just like was in this really dark place. And I just like the alcohol I'm sure is, um, maybe you understand is it really got me in a lot of ways. And that's where like some of the binge eating and stuff came in. And then, you know, I had talked with a nutritionist. I had tried to lose some weight and I couldn't. And my coach was basically like, yeah, if you don't, if you don't lose the weight that you came in at, then we're going to take away some of your scholarship. And that was like in an email so that, you know, she could have it in writing, but she like replied all like the entire team saw it. And I was so fucking embarrassed. Sorry if I, no, you're good. Okay. <laughs> um, and I was so embarrassed and so sad that I just left. I was like, I, I'm not coming back. So my, so I left my sophomore year, went back to Denver, Colorado, moved in with my parents. My parents were so upset with me that I, you know, gave up this full ride. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I went to a commuter school, university of Colorado, Denver to finish out my degree. Didn't have track anymore, lost, fully lost my identity with sports and just like had no idea who I was. And of course was still partying and still in this like really dark spiral. Yeah. And at the same point, like my parents just didn't, I didn't feel as supported as I wish I could, um, wish I did at that time. And, you know, a couple years go by, I'm just like in this really bad spiral. I'm now working at a I was a waitress for a really long time. So I was in that world. Very, very well-versed there. Yeah. <laughs> I was in that world for a long time. And of course you party all night. And then, you know, at the end of the night, you'd stop at Burger King. And then I would like open the windows so that I would hide the smell of the Burger King because I knew I wasn't supposed to be eating that. Like there was just so many bad things in this like spiral for oh. me for several years. Yeah. And then a friend of mine was like, and she was like one of my party friends. She was like, I just started going to this gym. You should go. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's like, no, it's not really for me. In the interim, I was running. I did run a little bit, but I was a sprinter. And, you know, sprinting and long distance is very different. Mm -hmm. um, I made it happen, but I like hated it. And she was like, you should come to this workout at the park. And I said, okay, finally I went. And that was the day that I fully changed the trajectory of my life. It was a hit class at the park. It was super fun, high fives, the positivity, the experience of it. I was like, oh my God, I can have this team again. I can feel a part of something. I could still be competitive. And I knew that there was so much more out there than where I was at. Mm. And, and how old were you at this point? So 23, 22 or 23. Okay. Um, so then they actually ended up opening up a studio. I started going to the studio and it was just hit classes, you know, boot camp and stuff. Yep. And then about six months in, they asked me to like be a coach. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? Like, so, and I just, I was working full time. I started coaching like after work. I was still being a server on the side. I, I used to be the person with like three or four jobs at all times. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know that too. You realize you probably still technically are. Because you're uh, a creator. Yeah, I have a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and that was really just like the start of my fitness career. You know, I, I'm, 
I started, you know, doing HIT for a while. I did the kettlebell thing, mobility and yoga and all the things. And now, you know, oh, it's freaking 12 years later at this point, um, I've been a strength coach. I help people to have the support system that I wish that I had when I was going through that hard time. And to see that like life is so much more than like being smaller. It's about taking up space and being bolder and more confident in yourself. And that shows up in just so many ways. So again, long story short, it's, uh, <laughs> that was not long for the record. So, um, yeah. I, okay. So, so I'm curious because what I find often takes place is that like people really gravitate towards it. And you know what? I bet more and more as your brand grows, I bet your demographic continues to just get more broad and then you get more fascinated with more humans and all of that. Like, but is there some special place in your heart for that was an athlete doesn't know? Because that seems to be such a huge demo. I never played any sports, so I have zero ability to relate on that. Okay. But I do understand the like, you know, loss of identity or trying to, you know what I mean? Like, what am I doing here? Feeling purposeless, things like for that. Sure. So I can relate to that. However, there really is, if you think about it, I mean, I don't know. Do you know what the percentage, if not, that's okay. But like of people in the U S that grow up playing sports until high school, college, and then have to, and then it stops. Um, it's gotta be really high. I don't know. Do like you know what that is? 97%. Like <laughs> is something it? so high. I mean, you think yeah. about like, I mean, how many go to professional sports? Like not a lot. Right. Very few. Especially when you think about like a sport like track or gymnastics or something like that, where it's uh, individualized and you're like, you're going to the Olympics for nothing like yeah. you know and you don't make a ton of money like I actually knew a couple gals that like would they ran after college and had to have two other three other jobs oh, like gosh, yeah. you know you're not making much money you're making it based on like the sponsorships or mm -hmm. like the social media kind of side of things so like the it's really high and I mean mine was a little bit different because I only went to school for a couple years um but I really do feel like that there needs to be something after you are done with college to like, where am I? Who am I? Like when your whole life is your sport, which for me, I wasn't that great at school and school was kind of like B and track was A. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm an athlete first and I'm a student second. I mean, I got by at B average, but that was just like not my thing. Yeah. Um, and then you're just like, oh, it's over. What? Like it's a weird feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Well, and when you're in a school system that sounds like it's also conducive to the like, and also we party like, yes, yeah. we are athletes, but also we do this other thing as well. Yeah. Then those things, it's so interesting. I, I love watching this narrative continue to shift to like just more awareness around how detrimental that actually is on all levels. Um, but I, I just think that I can't imagine what that's like. So, so you go from, my identity is athlete. I don't know what my identity is. I'm just now using these other things to kind of entertain me because I don't know where to put my energy. I also want to know because this is something I hear a lot as well. You were an athlete, but often in that situation, you are told when to eat, what to eat, where to go, how to train, you name it. Yeah. And so was there a bit of time following the, okay, I'm no longer in this sport and even though I've done all of this physical fitness for all these years or whatever, I still truly don't know. Like now that this chapter has ended, even though I've been identified as an athlete, suddenly I'm left to my own devices and I truly don't know what to do. 
no idea. Like there was a point after that where I would like go to the track and run like repeat 200s because that's all I knew. Right. Or I would like, you know, even being in the weight room, we would lift, but it was like there was no like programming. There was no periodization. We didn't really know what we were doing. We were just like, like you said, you're told to do this. I mean, I was 18 squatting 300 pounds, but like I know that form wasn't great. I know that like it wasn't. And I also like didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, I'm just strong. I yep. know that I'm strong. They tell me that I'm strong, yep. but they don't tell me why. They don't tell me like how, what I should be feeling, the mechanics of it. And so, yeah, I mean, after that, I was like, what do you do? And especially in track, you're just like, you're a sprinter, you're fast explosive. So you'd go to the track, but then that's when I started running like longer distance and I would just look up random stuff. I mean, you know, this was like I call it the glory days. This was so long ago now, over 15 years. There wasn't th- that much information right. as there is right now, you right. know. Which now we have an overload. Oh, and I know. I feel, like you, I feel like your whole shtick is just attempting to like combat all of, the, yeah. all of the mess of all of the noise. But but I do find it interesting as someone who didn't experience that um, just to know because since I've come into the fitness industry to work over the past couple of years now, I've had the opportunity to observe different professionals and it's just um the whole there isn't a program there's not necessarily a rhyme or reason we're not necessarily doing it really well like it's been kind of jarring and confusing to me yeah that that is very often the case and then in addition to this i I, like i know that you'll this will resonate with you but that the idea that someone could work with a coach you know like someone could work with a coach a trainer or whatever for an extended period of time and then that chapter ends that whether they move or their trainer stops or something else, uh, you get people who come to you and they've worked with other people in the past and they have no idea why they're doing what they're doing still. And that like my, my brain, literally it's like these gears that just get stuck. Like I'm like, wait, did y'all talk about (laughs) No, why you were doing what you were doing? I'm so confused. So it's just, yeah. it's okay. So that, but then this is also, so we can look at it and have some frustration or whatever, but then it is also really exciting because as you've continued to expand your own awareness and use yourself as a guinea pig and so on, like now you get to share more depth and more yeah. here's why, which is really exciting because people, I believe truly want that information. They just have to be shown. They want it. They need it. Sometimes they don't necessarily take it. Mm. Um, a huge part of what I do with my one-on-one clients and my online group program is education. And I know how often they're actually looking at the videos and like watching them. And it's like, I'm like, I put so much effort into this. Why aren't they? But sometimes you have to feed it to them in like, oh, such a roundabout way. Sometimes, you know, when you talk to a client about a cue that might not hit, but the next time you say it, or the fourth time you say it, they'll have to say it, they'll see it and they'll understand it. So it's really just about like keep pushing it out in a way that they can take it in at their own pace mm-hmm. because there is so much information out there. So yes, I I really do value the education aspect because I don't want to work with clients forever. I want them to be like, you know, empowered, empowered and confident enough to like do it themselves, to go in the gym and be like, oh, I know what that does. And if I don't, I feel comfortable enough to talk to the front desk or ask someone next to me to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like the feed it to them at a pace in which they can receive it or yeah. just continue to have this, the, this actually 
reminds me, I had a conversation this morning with someone here local. They were on it and they're finishing, they're on their seventh day of a fast, a seven day fast. So we were speaking about just their experience with that. And, uh, it was just really cool because when you look at someone's trajectory through health, like this individual has spent many years continuing to learn more and get different things out of the way, whether it was substances at one time, and then eventually it was certain food behaviors and so on. And it's just like, they feel very dialed in and I'm not suggesting a 75, like that's not what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it was cool because most, you know, like something like that is really far from where most people are. And so continuing to stack a habit to eventually like for me right now, it's simply like finally giving up the late night eating. Well, I needed all of these years to clean up other behaviors first. Like I truly needed to deal with my substance abuse problems. And then from there, that gave me the opportunity to take a better look at more of like why I'm doing what I'm doing. So it's just this like literal years of the journey. And so years in to finally be like, okay, I'm ready to let go of that one. But when someone's new, they don't need to let go of that one yet. We just need to figure out like the thing that they can do. And it can be really simple. And then just trust that maybe it does take an extended period of time, but like they can arrive there. We just have to give them the space to learn. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So sorry. (laughs) That was, it was a fun conversation this morning. Okay. So you are 24 23 and you go to this fitness group thing and it changes the trajectory so what like i want to get into like what was your brain doing at that moment so you had just not been feeling like anything made a ton of sense and this was something like what happened in your mind and if you made such a dramatic shift in life like what were the details of the shift like what changed in your behaviors yeah, I mean, I, I say like that one moment, but it's like, of course, it's compounding over time. It's like, but saying yes to that was the catalyst to change so many other aspects because you see other healthy people, you want to be around them, you are in this positive environment and, you know, being in the, you know, serving industry, you just don't get that. Mm-hmm. Being in a house when I lived with my parents where I knew that they were disappointed in me, it was like this cloud over my head. I didn't get that. And so every time I went to that hour-long class, I felt that there was so much more. Like I felt like my heart was open and I was like, my brain was, I was just really, really excited and uplifted. And so that's why I was like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep showing up. And then I would, you know, I got, I was became friends with them. And we started opening up our circle and then I went into the gym and there was like those kind of little things that came up, but it was that one time that I was like, yes, I will go. And I told her no several times. Like it was at the, it was probably like two months at the end of the summer where I was like, okay, I'm going to go. So. Okay. So we're going to get to what it looks like today here later. Cause I'm curious, of course, from there to now we've had some time lapse and your approach to fitness has probably changed dramatically. Sure. So we're going to get there. Cause I want to know what it is today. Cause I think anybody who's listening to this is going to look at you and go, yeah, what is she doing? So we'll <laughs> ask that here in a minute. Um, but you say in your coaching mindset shifter. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, you know, for decades and even now still, I think it's changing a little bit. Society has told us women to be smaller, to take up less space, to be, um, you know, the man or the partner in your life is on this pedestal. And I was in relationships like that. I had a stepfather like that. And so I always wanted to be this smaller version of myself. Media said that, thigh gaps, like there was just so much of that. And now, you know, 
12 years later into this journey, I want nothing to do with that. I want to like take up so much space. I want to like push those boundaries of like what we have been told all of our lives. And so that takes a lot of fucking time, a lot of reps, just like it does in the gym. Mm -hmm. But that shift over time with your mindset, it shows up in so many other ways. And so my, the baseline of how I work with clients is through strength training. And strength training allows you to do something that you never thought you could. It allows you to pick up weight that you're like, holy crap. You know, it allows you to do those things. And that in turn, even if you don't think so in that moment, will make your relationships better. It will make your, it will allow you to start a business. It will make your relationship with food better. And so with strength training, it, it can change the mindset. But again, it's just as many reps as you put in the gyms you put in up there in your head. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone listening is wanting to shift their mindset, which I think all of us can continue to shift, sure. you know, like yeah. no matter where you are. So if someone's wanting to say, okay, well, I would like to shift my mindset to a better spot. What would be like the first thing, the number one thing, the the very first step, what would that be? Yeah, it's a great question. Take inventory of who's in your life and who the people that you surround yourself with on a daily basis, who you look at on social media, who you watch on TV, on movies, and are those people bringing you joy, positivity, good vibes, love, support, energy? And if they're not, they don't deserve as much time as you're giving them. And so just like looking at taking inventory of the, I think they say like you are the um, the equivalent of the five people around you or something like that, you know? And if three of those people are not giving you those pieces of making you feel like a better person, they got to go. So did that happen for you? For sure. Yeah, for sure. What was hard about that? I mean, you know, a family is tough. Uh, family is a huge thing for uh, me that I constantly have to work through and when I go through therapy a lot <laughs> because they are your bloodline. They're a part of your life and um, they they don't have to necessarily be those five people that you surround yourself with on a daily basis though. Mm. And But they're still your parents. They're still your brothers. They're still a part of you. And so setting those boundaries are hard is really hard Mm -hmm. but it is so valuable in the long term um and so it's not that i don't have a relationship with them it's just that i have just boundaries that i've been able to set over time yeah also friendships you know that's it's hard to grieve a friendship loss or you know even if you don't talk to them you know over time it was like they were there for that chapter in your life for a reason but they don't need to be in your life forever and that's okay. And that was really hard, you know, in your twenties, it's really tough to like lose a friend or stop talking to someone. But now I can look back at it and be like, I'm really thankful for that, but it just doesn't serve me. And this relationship doesn't serve us anymore, but it's hard. I mean, it's not like it's a see you later. Bye. I'll never think about you again. Mm, You know? Yeah. Yeah. When people are not growing that the way that you are like it it is really hard this actually makes me think of one specific story that i remember of course whenever i got sober that was a time where i had to do this inventory right yeah and it and it was and it's been interesting since then because 
people do just as you get the opportunity to grow. So do they. And like truly, why would we not want everyone to continue to grow? Like what a beautiful thing, no matter if there's pain accompanying that relationship in the past, like we should want that for everyone. Anyway, I remember this was such a like in the moment, strange thing foreign to me and yet very profound in hindsight. So had a group of friends, right? And I was making a lot of changes in my life and where I was hanging out was no longer the same spaces. And what I was doing with my downtime was very different. And so it was jarring to everyone around me. Well, you've been showing up this way for so long and now you're showing up entirely differently. And like, we don't know this person. And so it's, that's okay. Like I, I love those people. Um, but I still had to make that change. Cause like I could not live that way anymore. So through this, it of course strained relationships. Some just dissipated immediately. Some over the course of months, years, uh, and some have gotten stronger. So all options are possible, right? Which is so cool. And play this out five years from now. You never know which ones maybe fell apart at that time that then come back around. I'm very open to all of that. Mm -hmm. And, but this situation, as I'm attempting to learn boundaries and things like that, and like cleaning house, doing the inventory. So one of my friends was repeatedly triggered, bothered by the things that I would post on social media. I was starting to post on social media. I was posting the journey. I was posting inspiring things, right? And they were so off put by some of the things that I would post and just me using social media in that way that they repeatedly told me that they were bothered by my choice to show up there in that way. And it really resonated with me. I felt like what I was posting there was like true for me and, and I just really enjoyed it and it was not harmful and I knew it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I remember this conversation with this friend where I just said, after multiple attempts and I couldn't apologize for the action because I don't believe that it was wrong. And so I just said, we don't have to do this. You know, like if, if my presence in your life is truly bothersome to you repeatedly, this doesn't seem like it's an enjoyable experience. Um, you know, I don't have to keep, we don't have to keep doing this. And that was such a strange new thing to do. And that person said, yeah, I don't really think I want to. And I said, okay. And play this out five years from now. Maybe we're friends. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you never know where it can go. Yeah. But it was such an empowering moment to go, no, this really like feels real for me. And I'm not willing to compromise on this anymore yeah. to please anyone else. And so if this isn't working for you, that's okay. We don't have to beat the dead horse. Yeah. Let's go ahead and just move forward. And those moments are like, you get some reps there and then you can do more of it. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool too. Cause I didn't know that's what you were going to say. I didn't see that coming. That response. Of, Where did you think I was going to go? I don't know. Well, because you had said that you were the strength training. If you, when it comes to your, like, I figured that it might be just, okay. So our foundation piece is let's get some movement with some load, Ooh, which of yeah. course is like, which comes, but I would say the yeah. first thing ever, like if it's honestly a stranger came up to me and said, what do you think the first thing I should do is? I would say, who who do you hang out with? Yep. Because like, of course, I want everyone in the gym. I, I would love to see every woman with a weight in their hand, mm -hmm. but they've got to like take it really slow. And I think a lot of people are like, okay, January 1st, I got to work out six days a week and drink water and da, 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 da. And like, it's just overwhelming and so much. And I think if you just really take it slow and like, 
make it these sustainable approaches. I know that you, I saw atomic habits over here. Mm -hmm. Those are like these little habits over time, they will add up, but, but everyone wants something so quickly. And so it's just like these fast things and it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So then let's go with only two, two recommendations for a, whether it's a book or it's a, so, and maybe the, the inventory is one of them, but just two simple things that you're going to recommend for someone who is attempting to grow. Ooh, so good. The second thing I would say actually is, um, growth mindset by Carol Dweck. It's a book, um, growth versus fixed mindset. I mean, this is like the epitome of like trying to just understand the way your brain thinks. Mm -hmm. I have a fixed mindset for sure. Everyone does. I call him tiny Tim. I know exactly when he shows up. I know kind of, I feel I have the tools and resources to like work through it when it comes, but I know he's there. And so I think having, putting a name on this, this like fixed mindset that you go into is, is really valuable. Yeah. So give me an example of fixed versus growth. So what does tiny Tim say? And then how does Tara say F you Tim? You can't do that. There's no way that you can achieve this specific goal. Uh, for example, if someone says, I can't do a push up, I say, okay, if you believe that that's true, that's true. You're yeah. not going to be able to do it. You look at me and say, I can't do this. Even though I see you putting in the work, of course, you're going to be able to like believe it over time, but that's a fixed mindset saying that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And instead you can say, I am working towards my first push up. It's not positive. It's just neutral. And so a lot of the stuff that I do with mindset is this like thought ladder work. You can't go from I hate my body to I'm the hottest Beyonce looking beautiful thing in the world. (laughs) You're just not going to do that overnight and you're not going to believe it. And so typically I I work through a thought ladder of like, let's make it from this negative to maybe a slightly negative, slightly less neutral, slightly positive, slightly positive. And the goal with each of those levels is to fully look in the mirror, believe that that is true, and then put a new sticky note on the mirror or find the next thoughts and say that until you believe it and then say that until you believe it and sometimes it may take years right sometimes it may take a few weeks i use this analogy and i don't even know that i love it and yet i keep doing it but like of like an egg of these affirmations or new ideas or growth statements as opposed to fixed anything like that to just like i'm just choosing to lay all of this new concept over this egg so that when it cracks, then it can go in. And so whether or not, like I believe any of it yet is kind of irrelevant. I'm just going to choose to do it. And then I think what's great is like, if you're not sure if you, if you vibe with that or not yet, you consistently find that people that have a quality of life that you desire are saying that those are actions to take. Who cares if you believe in it yet? They're saying to take it anyway. Like if you have proof of concept, okay, fine. I guess I'm going to like, I am absolutely paying attention to where I am getting my information from. And if you have proven that you have success in that area of life and you're making that recommendation, I don't have to agree with it yet or understand it yet. But if the action is one that I'm supposed to take and I want to get better, all right, fine, whatever. Make the affirmation, say the thing, look at the sticky note, whatever. Yeah. And just trust. I mean, what's the opposite that you keep telling yourself that you're a piece of shit? Yes. That sucks. That is another thing that I love to say is stop being an asshole to yourself. Yeah. And we all do it. That is that fixed mindset. That is the like, uh, and you beat yourself up. You're not enough. You this, you that. And it's like the more we are an asshole to ourselves, the more we believe it is true. 
Can you remember what maybe one of the biggest asshole things to yourself that you used to say and do to yourself versus and what you've done to overcome that one? Like it, what's the one that you're like, Ooh, yeah, she was nasty. And then how have you overcome that? Oh, this is a good question. Uh, I could take it probably in a couple different ways, but I think I used to honestly just be an asshole in general. I think like when I, you know, sometimes I'll say something like, oh, if you knew me in high school or college or like when I was in my party days, no, you didn't because I wasn't very nice. I wasn't nice to myself, which in turn, which was like made me like kind of bitchy to other people. And that was so, it's hard to like look back and, and know that is true, but mm -hmm. I, it's because of how much I distracted myself in so many ways. I didn't work on myself. I didn't feel like I was a healthy, good version of myself. So of course I was like, you bring the party down with you, right? So you're like, oh yeah, you do this, you do that. Um, but I was just, I was just rude. And honestly, I think it's, it's just, it just goes along with the, um, surrounding yourself with people that don't let you talk to yourself like that, mm -hmm. that don't let you talk to them like that. Like that's not okay. Yeah. So if someone were doing inventory on their relationships and was like, wow, all right, I have some house cleaning to do. Yeah. Um, we typically are people who need to replace something with something. So yeah. obviously if we're not hanging out in those rooms, we've got to hang out in new rooms and maybe we don't even belong there yet, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, or we don't feel like we belong. That's okay. So I'm someone who is trying to make some positive changes and I really need to cultivate some relationships with some better humans. And I see a human over there, Tara, who I want to be friends with. What are some actions that I could maybe take that would make me a desirable friend for her? Like in the, if you're like coming up to me for the first time or are you just like, yeah, anything, just someone, yeah. Just someone who would like to cultivate relationships with people that they think are cool that like, Oh, that seems to be a nice person. I'd like to be a nicer person. What are some things that somebody could be doing to become a person worth being a friend to? Yeah, that's a good question. I think working on yourself probably is first and foremost. I knew that like, I wasn't going to make these awesome friends if I was going to be this bitchy human. And so it was a lot of like working inward. It was a lot of like, yeah, I'm going to show up for these hour long workouts. But then after that, it's like, I got to like dig deep on like, what is the purpose of all this? What, who do I want to be? Do I want to be this like shitty version of myself mm -hmm. or do I want to continuously like grow into this person that I am? And like, unfortunately I didn't have a coach at that time. I didn't have therapy. I didn't have a lot of those things, which I'm thankful to have now. Um, but I had some really great friends that, you know, were able to like have this like bouncing wall off of, but if you wanted to, yeah, have these like relationships, it's working on yourself first, of course, mm -hmm. but also I'm just an outgoing person. So I knew that like, if I want to talk to someone, like I'm going to message them or I'd rather do it in person. Just like, that's just who I am, but I just compliments. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say that that's the easiest way to start a, a conversation is to say, I really like your hair. I think it's beautiful or your I love your aura. And then you just start a conversation from there mm -hmm. and then you can, you can figure out if you want to be friends with them or not. Yeah. 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 Getting curious, ask somebody a question about themselves and you just made a friend. Get yeah. curious about something that they're interested in and then all like, if they're interested That's, in it, they're there you go. off to the races. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I do want to transition over because I, I don't yet again, I don't know anything about your story other than that. Like you create content. Now you're a badass and you're inspiring. So, and you coach. So 
with the content bit of it, with the online bit of it. You do online work now and you create a decent amount of content. Like I don't, I don't know exactly what your output is, but it's high in my opinion. And so we started somewhere and now we're there. Right. For sure. But when did you start to create content? Let's just start there. Yeah. Um, what are we 2000 and I think I've been on Instagram for 10 years. Okay. Um, the first content I ever did, uh, I was getting into yoga and I did this thing called yoga graffiti. So I would literally take yoga. I would have my husband take photos of me in front of um, graffiti, like street art in Denver, and I would be doing yoga pose. And I just thought it was cool. And that's all it was. And then I started getting into fitness more. And then I was like, I would do some inspiring quotes and some like, check out this workout of the day. And then in 2018 is when I, when my page actually did really well and started blowing up was when I was like, do this and not that. It was that, I don't know if you remember that part mm -hmm. of Instagram where it was like, um, here's the bad form, here's the good form. But every one of my bad forms were like infomercial bad. They, they were funny. They were like so ridiculously not the correct version. And so a lot of them just did really well. They, they kicked off. Yeah. Um, then it was a lot of like uh, how-to videos. Uh, then it got into funny stuff um you are funny <laughs> like really <laughs> i like i love that detail of your content and as far as being a sticky human one of the best best ways to make somebody remember you is make them laugh so yeah. you're like absolutely crushing on that <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah i try you know like i i just i like to have fun with it now i think for so long it's content was like oh i gotta do this and post this on a certain day and i still sometimes feel like that sure. but now I have more fun with it. I'm able to bring in a lot more of my personality, also my personal life. Also, people love my husband, Teddy. And anytime he's in a video, people just love it. Um, and he's, we're polar opposites. Yeah. So he's like, brings that extra like little piece of like, here's this little in introvert guy being, has this like super witty, very intelligent like background to him. So yeah, I mean, now I, it's a mixture of all things. Uh, strength training, I would say mindset and uh, intuitive eating mindfulness mm -hmm. are like my pillars now, I guess. Yeah. So you also, I think you do share trolls here and there. Yeah. And it's actually yeah. really funny because of course, I mean, it, I just, I got too many thoughts about that, but so you get opinions on the internet oh, about yeah. how you look. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're Pilates one the other day, which this was not an internet one. This was you on the beach yeah. and the girl comes up and she's like, Hey, I, I want, can't wait to have arms like yours. Um, I've done Pilates or I'm starting Pilates. And then you were like, that's, that's not going to get you these arms, you know? Yeah. I love you because here's, we need truth, you know, yeah. like, like, Hey, you doing Pilates. Amazing. Wonderful. Amazing. Wonderful. Stoked. You're doing physical movement. There's right. resistance in your body. Like yes. wonderful. And yet the honest truth is I'm going to need to pick up a lot of load for an extended period of time and eat a certain way in order to actually get these things to grow to this size. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I love, okay. So how do you deal with the adversity of when you choose to post an opinion, which you do often? Yes. People will disagree with you. Yeah. And you know what? That's great. I think it's great. Um, and honestly, anyone that agrees with everything I say, I think that's fucking crazy. There's yeah. there's no one that should agree with everything that you say. Yeah. Um, I think that's the... Uh, I think that if I got a lot of the, I talk about this a lot. If I got some of the comments that I've gotten in my early twenties or when I was going through that rough time, it would have been really hard. 
I think now that I'm in my 30s and know exactly who the F I am, Mm -hmm. I can take them with a grain of salt and not feel as bad about them. However, um, you know, I speak from experience based off of what I do. You know, it may not all be quote unquote right. It may not be something that everyone agrees with, but I know based off of the decade of experience that I have that these are the real things. This is truth. Right. Yeah. I think there was a lot to that. I think you summarized that beautifully and quickly, but there's a lot to that of like you needed, you've continued to need to gain reps to get belief in the product. For sure. And so there's something to that. Like I think the troll situation is hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Being able to detach more and more from outward opinion is such a beautiful thing and it does take time. And then from there, Also, not believing that you always have everything just right. Yeah. You know, like I I can even think yesterday, a client of mine expressed this uh, fear of intensity in workouts and their fear step. And how beautiful is it that they could tell me that? I'm so grateful they could tell me that. Yeah. And because I have them do intensity uh, a bit. We do far more resistance training with good rest and a bit of intensity. Right. And so they said, I'm going to tell you the truth. I I trust you, but I'm scared of this stuff. And so when you want me to do this, I'm kind of scared of it. I said, okay, why? And they said, well, because, and they gave me a specific story about someone that they knew their father had this thing happen. And and they gave me the storyline and it's like, that's a valid fear. And then from there, here's where I've gotten my information. So I'm going to tell you exactly where I've gotten what's informing my decision as a coach to coach you in this way. And yet I think that you should go do some maybe additional research because I don't believe that I have this thing just right. I think hopefully I don't, and I will continue to learn more and like, let's look at the information that's out there and, and be open to different ideas. And so it was just like, I think it was really cool in that situation to not, you know, like if you feel strongly that you have like a good product, you know, you're saying resistance training is a good idea. I agree with you. Um, and then from there we get to have our own flavor of it, you know, and, and I don't have to be 100% right all of the time. Is this an opportunity for me to learn and grow? And then if I feel strongly that this truly is good, then just, okay, cool. We disagree. Yes. Yeah. That's hard to get to. I think honestly, first of all, like kudos to you to have to cultivate a client that is able to, you know, converse this to you because a lot of people are scared and nervous and keep it all in. And then also for you to say, I'm learning because as coaches, we should be continuously learning Mm -hmm. every year. I'll go through at least one cert. I always want to learn new things. I don't know everything. I'm not the expert. I know what I'm good at, but I also, that's why I bring a lot of ex- experts on my podcast because like, honestly, it's for me to like learn more stuff about my industry and how can I be a better coach? But just like you said, we are not, like I know that I am not the end all be all. I'm not going to go online and say like, I'm the best at this because there's always going to be someone better than me or knows more than me. But that just allows us both to have this growth mindset of like, we can continuously better be better coaches and human beings because of it. Yeah. And you care tremendously and you've done a lot of reps and you have the proof of concept and your clients get results and you get results. And that's tremendous. So I do want to ask then, since you said you do a certification every year, I think that's relevant to touch on that you continue to expand in that format and then choosing to do the podcast 
love that. But what would you say is your favorite certification when it comes to fitness that you've ever received? Oh, this is such a good question. Um, and really, really great question. Honestly, I, I was NASM certified personal trainer, like in the beginning 2014, but every couple of years I always like do the recertification process just to have it under my belt. But I would say, um, you know, over the course of the couple of years, the past couple of years, I've learned a lot about menopause. So I did a certification on menopause currently in one for pre and postpartum, which is probably going to take me this whole year because there's just so much information and value in there. Um, I've done functional range conditioning, um, which is really great for mobility and durability of your body. Mm. Um, I've also, this was a few years ago now, but Olympic weightlifting, Mm -hmm. something that I've never actually performed myself, Mm -hmm. but really super valuable for cues specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done strong first kettlebells. I've done stuff through on it. So it's, I think really when it comes to that, it's like what you're into at the time. Yeah. Uh, this probably this year I'm, I'm not pregnant, but like, I just want to understand that, that part of it a little bit more. Yeah. And you coach women. So I bet you're and dealing I coach with a lot of this. Yeah. yeah. I'm learning a lot about peri and postmenopause. Yeah. All that right now too. Like I'm consuming cause I got yes. a lot of women dealing with those hormones. Yes. Yep. And that's why menopause was so important to me because even if a woman goes through her life and never has kids, every single woman is going to go through menopause and it's not talked about enough Mm -mm. and people don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so I would highly recommend any coach to go through some sort of cert or just understanding about working through perimenopause and menopause as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but highly individualized timeline is very different for every woman. Yes. We need to know these things. Uh A hundred percent. And so just right now, I think for myself is, uh, just putting effort into this pre and postnatal course I'm in right now. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I think that my favorite one that I've taken so far is the pain-free performance specialist certification. Did you take that one yet? No. They're coming back soon. Anyway, that's one that like I've taken a whole bunch, right? And I'm so on board with you. Like, let's just keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, But I think as far as like information that I actually utilize today in my coaching, that one's really high up there. Um, so strongly recommend anyway. Um, okay. So with your content stuff, why do you create and what does that workflow look like today? Why? Um, I like showing up online. I like being in front of the camera. That's just like who I am. Um, You're good at it. I, I enjoy the process of it. I enjoy connecting with people in that way. Um, you know, I've been a coach for 12 years, but just the past three, it's been fully online. And I'm very an outgoing, extroverted person. I love being around people and community. That's why I joined on it because I just love being around people. And so, but I still do work for myself and I work in my own little box with my husband next door in his office. And that's just what it is. And so for me to be able to show up every day and communicate how I'm feeling or give inspiration or education to people is, it brings me a lot of joy. And so I guess the, the why is that I just feel like I have a lot to say and I just enjoy helping and educating and inspiring other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what does the workflow for it look like? Um, that's a good question. I've been trying to get a good <laughs> workflow for a while. Um, I typically, I typically do content, um, weekly and then I have, you know, my content pillars, I film stuff typically like the weekend or into the new week or the following week. However, if something just comes up and I just have a story to tell, I'll just pop on and do that too. But 
I try to keep it as scheduled as I can. It just doesn't end up that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what does your frequency right now look like? Every day. Okay. Um, I'm every day on Instagram, TikTok, and threads, um, posting wise. And then stories, I typically show up every day as well. Okay. Okay. So let's see. I do want to go in the, I think we're going to go in the relationships and then we'll get to your own fitness and so on. Yeah. So okay. you are married. I am married. And your relationship, like you said, he cameos occasionally, he's bops in some, but predominantly isn't doing his own personal brand and isn't even necessarily a large part of yours. Right. Am I understanding? Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. So I am fascinated by long-term partnership, like fascinated. (laughs) I love it. Uh, I commend you for choosing to do that. And why is choosing that route important to you in life? Why is choosing to be with him? Being in a long-term, <laughs> yeah, being in a long-term committed partnership. Like we have options today and we For don't have sure. to do that. And so like, why is that something that you have chosen to prioritize? Teddy is the best part of my life. I can't, I can't say anything other than that. Um, I was in a really crummy relationship before him. I was in a relationship where he used to dangle the carrot in front of my face and make me feel like a smaller version of me. And a year later, I met Teddy at work. We used to work in advertising together and I actually asked him out a couple times and he said, no, stop. (laughs) Get it girl. (laughs) And then, um, you know, we got drunk at the holiday party and next thing you know, we've been together almost 10 years this year. Um, we'll be our 10th year together. But honestly, I don't know if I really chose it. I think it's, it's just, I know that we are just the best kind of partnership that you can have. I mean, he supports me. We love each other so much and we, do what's best for each other, but for ourselves at the same time. Like we can be our own, we can be our own selves, but we're so great together too. And Mm -hmm. so I just can't really see myself any, can't really see it any other way, I guess. Do you feel like you've unlocked like a version of yourself maybe that like without him present in your life, you may not have accessed? What do you, I mean, that might be a hard one to answer. No, my God, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I mean, you know, this is now our 10th year. We're going into our 10th year and we started dating when I was 25, mid twenties. And I was in that party phase and I was like kind of a bitchy girl and kind of like this, oh, I'm this independent woman. I also saw a lot of relationships fail. I never wanted to get married, never wanted to have kids. And then just at the sixth year of us together, I was like, why aren't we married? put a ring on my finger right now. Like, and then we got married on year seven. So it was, uh, it's, we've evolved so much over time, but I think that he's just, yeah, he just makes me a better human and he calms me down and I bring him more energy. And I think because we are oil and water, we just work really, really well together. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that you intentionally do to nurture that relationship. Yeah, I think um, we have the privilege to right now not have kids. And so we do have a really great relationship already. Um, We go on date. We have a date night once a week. Um, We spend a lot of time together. We travel a lot. Uh, We openly communicate. We have monthly goal talks. We do, you know, vision boarding. We do just a lot of stuff together and are really open and communicative about it. Okay. Yeah. So you once weekly date nights. Yeah. Because of life structure being the way that it is, a lot of 
just general time with one another, but also monthly goal setting and yeah. things like that. Cause seasons of life change, you know? For and sure. I think like we've done 10 years together. You've that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we check in all the time. What do you need right now? How do you feel like we have this little red, yellow, you know, a, a, what am I thinking? Of? Red, yellow, green, like yeah. a stoplight. <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. stoplight thing for what we need in that day. Or if like he comes to me with a problem, I say, hey, do you want me to listen or do you want me to give you advice? Like, I just think that the the longer we are together, the better relationship we have because we're just so openly what we need at that moment in time. How often does he need you to just listen? Do you mind me asking? Sorry, now I'm getting really No, you're good. But how often does he need you to just listen? And how often does he want advice? Because I am this advice and sometimes I just need to shut up. And it's yeah. quite hard for me to actually execute on that. Yeah. Um, he typically wants the advice rather than wants me to listen. And sometimes, and I'm probably 50-50. I'm like, I'm just going to say something. Just like, let me say it. And he'll just like nod his head. And I'm like, okay, great. We can move on now. And that's how that goes. And then on the flip side of it, if he ever wants you to just listen, are you able to just listen? I'm not that great at that. <laughs> I'm not great. But then I'll be like, so are you sure you don't want to talk about it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. This is the thing I, I love. I have a couple of good friends that we've, we've been working on this for literal years of yeah. like when, when they want me to just, thankfully often they call me cause they want some different perspective. And yeah. so like, that's great. Um, but occasionally there is the just listen and like, uh, yet again, gear stop. I'm like, yes, I literally don't know how. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now let's go to your diet and exercise. What does it look like for you today? Your current routine? Well, you are getting me on a week that I just started training. Um, I signed up for a powerlifting competition in April. That's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. So um, this you is just the first strong. week. Yeah. Yeah. Just the first week. But I would say like in general, even just before this, uh, I typically strength train four times a week. Um, I'm in on it for a class now, one to two times a week for more of a conditioning class. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, once a week when it's warm out, I'll do like some sort of run on the track or an interval or something like that. But the base of my training is strength. And that's, um, you know, four times 60 to 75 minutes or so a session. And then is that like lower, upper, lower, upper? Or what does that look like? Yeah. Before this week, it was um, two lower, one upper and one full body typically is what I do. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then one to two sessions per week where you actually go ahead and get your heart rate up and do all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, like I don't love a lot of conditioning. I used to be the hit junkie for a really long time and I just don't do it anymore. Uh, why? Why don't I do it anymore? Mm -hmm. Because it wrecked my body. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly wrecked it. Uh, it was my stress levels were high. I didn't sleep well. I, I was, yeah, I was just not in a great place. And then honestly, I was in hit for so long though. I used to teach it forever. And then I actually started getting the strength training, probably like really heavy, like lifting, um, 2019. And that was when I was like, oh, I actually can work out less just with more intention and more mindfulness behind what I'm doing and not kill myself the rest of the day. Sometimes I'll go to these classes at on it. I'm like, I am dead for the rest of the day. Like, I don't know how you guys are like still doing shit. Um, but I enjoy the community and I enjoy like the actual conditioning aspect of it. And so now that's what I really go for. It's not necessarily the actual workout itself. Yeah. yeah. So you retain 
the conditioning at small volume in order to achieve the community aspect and you enjoy getting your heart rate up and think it's beneficial? Yeah. I mean, my heart rate still gets up in strength training. Sure. Um, it does it stay at 180 for 60 minutes. Right. Uh, nope. Only at audit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy, I also really enjoy, and, um, you know, I haven't really talked about this much is like the plyometric type of things. I love box jumps and pistol squats and ladder drills and shit like that, that I just don't get a lot of. And so they, these classes kind of like give me some of that aspect again of making me really feel like an athlete again mm -hmm. in that like um, movement aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I love all of that so much and relate to it so much just as far as, did you ever have any sort of blood work or anything done like to, to take a look under the hood at that time? If not, that's okay. But like during the time in which you were doing a lot of high intensity, like you had the markers of, I genuinely feel stressed out, things like that. Yeah. And then changing your behaviors with just reducing the volume of it, still retaining it, but reducing it and increasing that thoughtful, methodical rest in between so on you just genuinely felt better so that's a huge one yeah but from there was there anything else and if not that's okay but was there anything else that you did kind of keep an eye on no and yeah. I didn't really do any blood work and yeah. like I honestly like didn't even really do any of that I didn't really understand a lot of that sure. honestly just even my menstrual cycle I'm like what is what is that you know I just like when I was in my like mid to late 20s it was just like go as hard as you possibly can barely get a period sweat be exhausted like just possibly can and then I like turned 30 and I was like oh like I don't have to do that and wow I feel so much better now totally <laughs> a lot of ways totally. um the only thing I ever really measured like back then and I actually was trying to go this week but they didn't show up was uh body fat testing and um that was all that was really like that I was like testing at that point do you feel like your body composition is improved now that you've shifted to this what is improved? You mm, know, I think, question. yeah, I what is improved? yeah, I think that's a, it's interesting because I'm definitely a lot more, I'm going to put this in quotes, bulky. Um, I'm a lot more muscular. I, I'm not as lean as I used to be. I sometimes Teddy and I'll go for a walk and I'll be like, do I look like that girl from behind? And he'll be like, no, you are so much more jacked. And I'm like, oh, I can't even see myself from behind. But I know, as you can see from a side-by-side -side of when I was this hit girl to who I am today, the body comp has definitely changed. Is that for the better? Yeah, I feel awesome and don't have to do as much technically in the gym to be able to have the body I have today. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel better. So of course it's improved. No, I love it. I lo it's subjective. And it's, yeah. yeah, I think when I think body composition being better, I suppose I'm filtering it through the lens of like, has my skeletal muscle mass increased from a health longevity perspective of like the more of that stuff I have, the better chance I stand in life in general. Yes. If adversity hits me. So I'm Love thinking that. through that lens, but like, yes, it is. It, it, I, I love it. Cause, cause you do four days per week of really intentional heavy lifting and yep. then also other days of activity. So it's, also just funny to note that when someone looks at you and sees how quote unquote jacked you are, yeah. which you look amazing, then it's like, try really hard for a really long time to ever look like that. Just really try. <laughs> and mean, like maybe eventually you'll arrive. But I, you know, some people are like, you know, I just want to like look like you. I want to have arms yeah. like you. I want to yeah. have a legs like, I'm like, you're not going to look like me. Nope. And not because I think I'm better than you because I'm not. We're, We're just all not on the, the same, same fucking playing field in my world. Like I'm not better than anyone else. Yeah. But 
we are different human beings. Totally. Like that's just how it is. And I think a huge piece of it is this genetics piece. Like if you look at my family, Claire, you'd be like, what's like, do you get, they don't ever work out, but they are, they are thin. They have strong legs. They don't really have a belly. They are just, they just don't have muscle. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I had to work hard to like get where I'm at. I still come from like pretty a thin family overall in mm-hmm. general. And so like having that in mind too is is really valuable for anyone that consumes any of my content or mm-hmm. anyone out there. Like their genetics does play a huge role in it. Yeah. Yeah. And is it an improvement for you? You know, is it, am I continuing to head a direction I want to go? Am I feeling better in my body? Am I, you know, am I able to do things with more ease? Do I feel, right. you know, all of those things are so, so important. And, and I do love that detail. I think it's actually really fun. The variance that does occur, like how, you know, maybe one body type is just going to kind of, I think, I think it's really, really cool. Um, and that you really can shift it over the course of time. Yeah. I love the patience that's required with this sort of thing. Like embrace it so much. I think you maybe know that I've been on the whole glute growth journey for like over a year now. Right. Yeah. And, and it had been pointed out to me in 2022 that I was like an upside down triangle and there was like no mass on my legs or butt. Right. And it had not bothered me. And I had been doing things through this performance lens. And anyway, so even still, I don't feel upset by that at all because I guess I was in a good spot overall, like yeah. where I felt, you know, so I was simply was able to look and go, okay, I guess I'll play with that. Like, I'll just make that a fun new thing to work on, yeah. you know, like we'll see what happens. If I put intentional energy towards the growth of these muscle groups, let's just see what happens. And so like over a year in, it's like, there are obvious differences and yet they're not massive, but compound this for another year. You yeah, know, like yeah. I love how long it takes to get things done. Cause I'm like, we're in this thing for life. Like I don't want immediate results in this. Yeah. Like the, I, I wouldn't have the same respect for it. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. And I think that's why I love lifting is that I'm, I've been in this space of strength training now for, you know, 10 years, whatever. And I don't have a goal in mind of, let me see how big my butt can get or my back or my shoulders or whatever, but it's come with getting stronger. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, I love having an aesthetic goal is totally fine for so many people, but just typically for me and my clients, they'll come in and they'll be like, I want to get stronger. I want to lean down a little bit. I'm like, just give it some time, put in the reps and you'll see that even if you're not even thinking about it, Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh shit. Like look at this year growth that I've seen Mm -hmm. without even putting that like intention of like, Oh, glutes, arms, whatever, focus Mm -hmm. on it too. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay. And then the nutrition side of your life and then sleep. Yeah. What about the nutrition side? <laughs> What's that look like? Um, people ask me all the time, like what I eat in a day and it's like the most basic shit ever. I mean, Great. I just try and focus on 150 grams of protein, but otherwise I eat pretty much whatever I want. Yeah. But I just eat the same thing for breakfast and lunches and snacks. Dinner's always switched because Teddy's the cook and he likes to make whatever and I'll eat it all and it's great mm-hmm. um but i'm the type of person that will have a treat a, a cookie a, i had you know ice cream last night uh we got donuts from the salty the other day like i eat kind of whatever i just focus on the fact that um i'm typically having about 150 grams of protein uh, and making sure i fuel myself for my workouts and afterwards 
Yeah. So making sure you fuel yourself for your workouts and afterwards, there are going to be a lot of people who won't understand what you just said. Yeah. So what does that mean? Um, so me personally, I love an overnight oats. It gives me about 40 grams of protein in the morning and I can also meal prep it for the week so that I can have it right before we head to the gym or something. So, um, you know, overnight oats is oats, almond milk or milk of choice, uh, Greek yogurt and protein powder. And that fuels me because it's typically, I don't know how people do it, but I could never like not eat before my workout. I need the energy. Your body the enjoys the experience <laughs> of having something, right? Like it, I'm like, I could yet again for like most people's goals, it's advantageous to have something beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And then typically after the workout, I'll have, you know, so I do have protein powder in that. And that's like usually when I have my protein powder the day from supplement wise. And then the only other supplement I take is creatine. And that's typically after my workout for post workout. Yeah. And then, you know, there's no, for me, I'm not like I have to eat at a certain time afterwards. It's just like I, I typically just eat like a little snack or something after and then lunch like a couple hours later or something. I like to work out mid morning typically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, okay. So protein prioritization. Yeah. And then also, it, but I do want to touch on, let's, I mean, cause like yet again, we just have to get real clear. So you do, you have the cookie if you like it, you had the ice cream, you have the donuts. So you're enjoying these foods that you, yeah. you know, you're not so restricted that you can never partake in something that you choose to want to whatever. Um, are you taking into consideration in that situation? Like, are you eating a donut or are you eating four donuts? Yeah. So everything I do with nutrition is intuitive eating. And that comes from my past eating disorders. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize I was like really binge eating until like after the fact. Um, and then I went to, you know, back in those days when I was still living with my parents, my mom was like, all right, let's have chicken, broccoli, and rice, you know, at four or five times a day. So I did that. And then I would binge eat at night. Yeah. In the dorm room, they put me on um, Nutrisystem, which is like those prepackaged meals. So everyone would go downstairs to the dorm hall or the food hall and eat. And I'd eat this prepackaged meals. Then they'd go out to dinner and I would just binge eat peanut butter at night. Like it was just this really bad, like, absolutely rough cycle, right? Yeah. So then I was like, all right, I got to do the calories and macros thing because that's, and then I just was restricting then. And every, every piece of like diet, I did the lemonade diet, like you name it, like I did it. Mm-hmm. And so now anytime I work with clients is like, let's be mindful with what we're eating. And people are like, what is that? And it's like, it's the same thing as when you're in the gym and you're mindful of your pushups. What are you feeling? How does it look like? How many reps am I doing? That's what I do when I sit down and I sit down for my donut. I'm sitting down. There's never any distractions. I never have a phone while I'm eating. There's never a phone in the bedroom or at the table because that's a huge distraction for me and for most people is that they don't even know what they're eating. Right. And so it's a completely numb process. And this is actually what you're saying here is really profound. Like it may be something that you've iterated on for so long that it's completely normal for you and you coach your clients to come to understand this. So you know that it's not, you know, but it is like the concept of not consuming some other thing while you're also consuming food is like truly, genuinely, thoroughly, completely foreign for most. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and just how profound is that presence while you do that thing right. of, okay, while I ingest these nutrients or this something that I'm enjoying, can I just be present with it? Cultivating presence in life in general is just like such a hack, such a beautiful one. Yeah. And so then even we go back to the whole like gradual progression is maybe I just start with presence for dinner. Yes. Yeah. You know, and then maybe eventually I'm present at all meals or I'm present at two meals of the three. And then I can iterate on that. But, um, 
That's very powerful. Yeah. I mean, some people are like, I need music. I need a podcast. Put it on in the background. Your phone doesn't have to be right next to you. Um, you know, and so that's really important for me too. Like having water, sitting down, like checking in with how I'm feeling. I always do like a fullness level or like a hunger level before I'm eating. I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at. One to 10. This is how I feel after the fact. Like after I eat dinner, I'm like, all right, I sit back and I'm like, do I feel like I need a treat, like an ice cream or whatever afterwards? I'm like, mm, I'm going to digest a little bit and then I'll have something. Okay, great. That felt awesome. I'm going to put it away. So when you say a donut or four, I'm like, well, I'll just check in. After the first one, if I'm like, I want another one, I'm like, well, I'll have another one. See how I feel then. Yeah. Because before- What's with- the time that lapses there? Like, are we talking like in 30, so you finish one and within the next 30 seconds, you're already like, okay, I think I'm good for another one. Are you letting some time lapse? A little bit. I mean, like, you know, for a donut for me, especially from the salty, they're very rich. So I won't, usually don't have any more than one, but sometimes I'll have, I guess so bars are like a big fave of mine. It's a, just a Greek yogurt ice cream bar, but it's awesome. W-A- Yasso. Uh, Y-A-S-S-O. Okay. They're so freaking good. Okay. But I could have like two or three at a time because like they're small and they're like, what are also there's protein in them because it's Greek yogurt. So yeah, hashtag hello. gains yeah. if you want. <laughs> hashtag gains. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Typically, like maybe a few minutes. I mean, it just yeah, not like super long, but also not just like right after I put it in the trash can, we'll like grab another one. Yep. So it's so powerful. Simple, simple things like that are tremendously powerful. Yeah. This has been the coolest thing of literally 2024 for me is like stepping into the like. Okay, now I'm finally ready to. Uh, take a look at the like eating habits at night. Yeah. Cause I pay attention to so many different things. And ev- this part of my life has like come so far. I'm so proud of it. That's amazing. And I've also allowed it to occur over time, you know? Uh, and so anyway, it's just exciting because like those behaviors late at night, like I'm finally like, I think I can like all of this other stuff is going so well. I'm actually ready to really incorporate this presence on this yeah. section of, I mean, it's cause I feel like it's, pretty easy uh throughout the rest of the day and then the yeah. nighttime stuff is just the well it's been here forever and yeah. everything else is going so well so that's fine and then now to be like just those things are very powerful because trying to incorporate something like that whenever you have decades of right pattern behavior that was very different from that to incorporate any of that is so foreign and goes against so much of what you've done on autopilot for yeah. so long and so it's just I think it's really cool to get clear on what that looks like because I think that intuitive eating is this really uh, cool concept. Like I, I love the idea that we can just be actually in tune with our body, but I think if we'd never been before, yes. we got to get so clear on like I what that it. even looks, feels like. And honestly, like you're so right. And sometimes I have to like sit back and be like, no, I've been doing this stuff for so long that like people just don't, they're not there. Like they'll, they'll sit in front of the TV and eat like, you know, TV dinners. And I'm like, I don't get it, but that's because I have never done it. Even when I was growing up, we wouldn't, we weren't allowed to have the TV on at all, like when we were eating. And so mm-hmm. I think it's really great of you to a, like be proud of yourself for like accomplishing that thing. Mm-hmm. So much of what we do is like, it's only something to be proud of, or if it's like this huge accomplishment, but like, hell, that's amazing that you are now so in tune that you're like, Oh, I'm doing the thing. Like, I'm so proud of myself for saying that. Yeah. How often do you hear from your clients that they're like proud of themselves? Like, it's hard to get that out. Oh, yeah. We we often have to, I mean, I like, I would Push imagine it, it for you. Yeah. yeah. Like, you realize this is a moment for you to be proud, right? Yes. Like, let's go ahead. I know. Yeah. And so thank you for saying that because, yes, like, it, it is so really powerful for you to, like, sit down and, like, to see how 
far you've come, whether you think that's far or not, it is for you mm-hmm. and it's subjective to that specific person, you know? Yep. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Uh, what are three things that you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for you and I'm so grateful that you brought me here. This was such a great conversation. I yeah. appreciate this mm-hmm. and hopefully our friendship continues to blossom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm grateful for the community on it. It's been really great to be there. Um, and I was going to say the sunshine. It's not out yet, but I f- have a feeling that it's going to come out today. It's so uh-huh. It was up for a few hours yesterday. Oh my God, we yesterday. Like, I was just so happy. So yeah. I just, I have faith that it's going to bring me some sh- sunshine at some point today. You said those really fast. Do you have a gratitude practice? Every night um, before we go to bed, my husband and I say three things we're grateful for the day. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. Okay. It's because of how fast those rolled off the tongue, I was like, oh, she does this. Okay. Three things that I'm grateful for today. Yeah. I am grateful for uh, this week I realized I had surpassed the thousand day mark for recovery from alcoholism. Oh, amazing. Right. That's huge. And so it gave me the opportunity to reflect on what less than three years ago looked like and how dramatically different things are today. And so very grateful for that part of my life because it's been the gift that has given me every bit of what exists today. Yeah. So I'm also grateful for, uh, I have an aunt and uncle that I've, that I've leaned on recently for advice when it comes to financial uh, stuff in my life. And so I'm really grateful to have people in my life that I can go to and be honest and get help from them because I trust that they know something there. So I'm really grateful for them and their, their perspective and their care for me as a human. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm also just grateful for prayer. That's been a real hack for me being taught how to like actually do something as simple as like each morning, get on my knees and say, you know, like request to not be selfish and self-pitying and things that I've just been taught, but like those, and, and how can I be of service? Like saying things like that in the format of prayer for me have like also been really impactful. So I don't know, I guess this morning they were very like, <laughs> cause I write them every day and they were yeah. very, uh, I don't know, spiritual, whatever, but that's yeah. all right. So, awesome. okay. Uh, where can they find you support you? Um, I'm Tara LaFerrera on everything, Instagram, social, any social media platform, basically. Um, and then I have the Terra Talk, which is my new podcast on Apple and Spotify. Um, and yeah, I have the TL Method, my group program, and I also do one-on-one online coaching as well. Yep. I love it. All of that will be in the description. So if you're like LaFerrera, what about Hanuma? Yeah. Um, a lot of A's, a lot of R's. <laughs> it's actually, it's pretty. I, I like it a lot. Um, but we'll put that in the show notes. So if you want to, and like, yes, if you resonate, if what she told you here was something that you're like, you know what? I would enjoy the opportunity to work with her. That's going to be in the show notes. Go get it. Uh, if you just want to simply follow along because I'm telling you, like I've enjoyed following her so much because there's educational content, there's inspiring content and there's funny stuff. Like I love the personality that's infused in this content. And so anyway, I strongly suggest going and consuming it. And, uh, so anyway, that'll be there. And then for me, I also do all of that online coaching as well. And so that will all be in the show notes as well. So, um, I think that we can probably agree that we just want everybody to have access to as many resources as possible to just like outgrow the stuff that no longer is of service to us and the people that we love and learn some new tools and, um, so I just appreciate your time and energy. Thank you so much. Yeah, this I appreciate cool. it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, the podcast, I'm so excited to consume it. So I'll throw that in the show notes as well. So we just appreciate you. We all, I always like to end with like, it is 
their time is valuable. So like your time is incredibly valuable and I appreciate you coming and spending it with me here in this way. And then also anyone who's still here listening, their time is super valuable. And so if you're still here, I want you to know that we really appreciate you and we hope that you got something out of this. Um, and we just hope that you choose to have a beautiful day. Bye.